Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host Teresa Quinlan, I'm Rhys Thomas. We make up TNT. For those of you who don't know, TNT is our initials. Simple, right? Uh, we're here to explode the status quo. This series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently. Our guest today is Chris Colaco, and I'm really excited to be able to speak with him. Now, I'm going to put Chris's varied experience and background in the show notes. And here is what is of utmost importance to pay attention to. In 2005, based on his varied and in-depth experience, Chris started his company, Initiate, and since then has been developing leadership and management training to help people discover how they can help engage and develop teams beyond telling them what to do and how to do that. Now, people, this comes down to feedback. See, Chris's mission here is to really be able to provide a way for people to give feedback within the workplace environment in a way that removes the stigma of what feedback means, to remove that it's demotivating in its manner, and to really do so by looking at the research in which he saw that there was a huge demand for more feedback and a gap in the supply of quality feedback. And so he took the plunge and created a cloud-based platform called One Minute Feedback, which helps employees request it, helps managers give it, and just elevates a company in exponential time to being much more productive and efficient. So excited to have you here today, Chris, and have this chat, TNTSQ, like exploiting the status quo. I, I can't wait. Me too, I'm really looking forward and I'm finally glad that we have a chance to get together after some pushing off now and again between us. And, and it's too bad that uh, your good buddy Reese couldn't join us today, but I am glad that we are able to do it. We're gonna charge through, it's, it's more like a TN, and there's nothing else there because, you know, it's Teresa and Thomas or Thomas and Teresa. We're, we're missing the second half of the equation. We could still, we could still shake things up a little bit. I'm sure we can. You know, our topic really is all around whatever the individual's obsession is. You know, when we are standing on a soapbox and we've got like our megaphone and we're talking to people about something, some people sometimes say incessantly. I prefer to say passionately because we've decided this is our purpose. This is the impact we were meant to make is. And so mm -hmm. we do have this element of passion around it. So tell us about your obsession, your passion, where it started from you. Sure, sure. It's, for me, it's just one word. And, and to simply put it, it's feedback. Mm -hmm. And I, I developed this passion because where I started my career, I started my career, I was really fortunate to start at Procter & Gamble in Toronto, Canada. And, and P&G, I thought, was just a, a regular company from a point of view is they just felt it was really important to provide people feedback to help them learn, grow, and develop. And they just felt it was so important because they had a promotion from within policy. And so in order to grow and develop, you needed to learn. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was the case at every company. After leaving P&G, I discovered that that wasn't the case. And since I've been consulting for about 15 years with having my own company called Initiate, I just noticed that when I talk about feedback, people often have a negative perception about it. 
And even when I give training programs and modules around feedback, I often get people coming up to me and saying two things at the end of the program. It's typically, hey, look, I really enjoyed your program or, and module on feedback. There's just one person who should have been here, and that's my manager. And I often ask the question, okay, what's going on that your manager should be here? And they go, look, I never really get any feedback from this person. Or if I do, it's given in such a demotivating way or unspecific way, I just don't really know what to do with that feedback. And the second thing that I usually hear from people is, Chris, it's great that you talk about feedback. It's something that never happens in our company or in my department or in my team. So I really appreciate you doing that. And what I've found is that feedback has a huge, huge, huge opportunity in organizations, companies, teams, even between manager, employee, and even between peers. And that's why I decided to create One Minute Feedback. Oh, one minute feedback is crazy. <laughs> that's crazy talk right there. So, you know, in adult learning, because that's what I did for 16 years is mm -hmm. developing training programs for adults. Yeah. There's this beautiful cycle and the cycle of learning includes two critical pieces, mm -hmm. feedback and personal reflection. Yeah, sure. So the capacity for someone to learn means someone else is going to have to give them feedback. Some people can do internal feedback and self-assess, mm -hmm. but yep. when a mirror is held up for you or observed feedback is given to you, that's very different. And then the person has to have the capacity to internalize it, reflect on it, and roll that back into the learning process. So there's a couple other words along this cycle, but basically those are the kickers. If you don't have them, learning's not going to happen. So yeah. why do you think in your experience and in your infinite mm -hmm. wisdom, why do you think hmm, people avoid it, avoid having it as part of their company culture, learning or feedback and feedback? Well, I think it's because when I bring up the term feedback and I ask people, what's your perception of feedback? The first thing that comes to mind is something that's negative, something that they're not doing well or something that they're not good at. And what I'm trying to do is trying to change that. I, I want feedback given to help people learn. And when we talk about learning, it's really about two things for us. One is really this first step of awareness or knowledge. You, you talked about it yourself. In order for me to do something, I need to know what it is I need to do. So mm -hmm. unless I know it and I'm aware of that and, and know it, I can't do it. The second thing is once I know what it is I need to do, I need to practice it. And I need to practice it over and over again to get better at it. So for me, learning is, feedback is not about negative or positive. It's just learning and becoming more aware from other people what it is I've learned to do that I should continue doing. So that's making me more aware of it. And what it is I need to do more of or maybe get better at in order to perform at a better level. Mm -hmm. And so the primary mistake people are making in their feedback delivery, that sort of encroaches on this ability for it to be positive is what? Well, I think, I think it's because people typically deliver feedback for improvement or constructive feedback or negative feedback. So the way we always approach it is that somebody is doing something wrong and I'm gonna mm -hmm. tell them so that I fix them or I help them improve or I help them get better. But what if we gave feedback from a perspective just to help people learn what it is that they've learned to do that they should continue doing and what is it they need to learn or become more aware of so if they start to do it or do it better, they would actually perform better. Mm -hmm. So I, I tend to focus more on the learning aspect than the 
than the negative or this idea that you need to prove or there's something missing in you because that that actually has a starting point where it's like somebody's not good enough and nobody mm -hmm. really likes to hear how they're not good enough but people want to learn how they're doing and that's different yes different in what way keep going because this is okay. really really critical now, if i can help you learn what it is you're doing that you should keep doing you're going to do it and if i can help you learn where you can maybe improve grow and develop to get better you're going to do it now the reason why you're going to do it is because i'm taking an interest in you to help you be successful that means that if i'm trying to help you you go hey actually somebody's taking an interest in me and they're not trying to help me understand what it is i'm doing bad or what it is i'm doing wrong or where it is i'm not good enough they're actually taking an interest to help me learn and if we can help people learn that's a different mindset and i'll tell you something what my experience is a lot of people have an adversity to learning mm -hmm. and that's basically because of our education system there are a lot of people that i talk to after they finish university i've got the degree and i was like that as well i was like oh thank you i i finished i've got my degree i don't have to learn anymore and yet learning is something that's so important because we evolve technology evolves the way we work evolves and if we don't learn with that we can't keep up with that and we need to keep up to get better to actually take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to us to be a success there's an element of um, fear as an emotion that will get in the way of our curiosity and curiosity mm -hmm. is sort of that precursor to learning and when we're kids, one of the most amazing things is we are incredibly curious, but we also have a very low level of fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't have enough life experience to be afraid of stuff yet, really. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us anyways. <laughs> and so we have a high level of curiosity, which means this cycle of how quickly we learn is actually mm -hmm. really quick. And when a parent provides us with praise, like, well done, that was awesome. Now, what if you were to stack another block? What happened? What if you would move the blocks further apart? And all of a sudden you see the kid go, I don't know what happens when I do that. And then they try it <laughs> and you give the feedback in your loop. And you know, there's this sort of beautiful thing that we can learn from kids and parents interaction of creating that element within the workplace. But to do so, we have to kind of get over the sometimes 20 years in between of mm -hmm. that education system that locks down our curiosity by saying you must learn these things yes to which we kind of went but i'm not interested in that it's yes. okay i'm going to give you feedback on how crappy you are at it anyways and then i'm yeah. going to make you do some more learning around it and and so now we come into the workplace and that preconditioning has set us up for please don't tell me what i'm doing wrong i'm disengaged from my work i don't want to actually learn yeah you got That's it now that's a lot for people to overcome. Like you, I'm now stepping into a leadership role. It's my first leadership role and I got to overcome that. <laughs> well, there's something that you did and I, I'm not sure if your listeners picked up on that, which is something I want to highlight. When you were demonstrating about the block, you were asking and demonstrating questions that you could ask the child to provoke their curiosity. And then when you kind of shifted to the classroom, you kind of shifted to a, here's what you need to learn here's what education you need to pick up. Here's how you should do this. So it's more of a direction and telling and that damages or impacts our curiosity. So I can understand why people get out of school and they're like, okay, I'm done learning. Now I'm in the workforce. There's nothing more I need to learn because we've lost that sense of curiosity, but that was kind of beaten out of us by people just telling us what to do 
and not thinking for ourselves. So we, mm -hmm. when we actually ask questions of other people or people ask questions of us, it encourages us to think. And that's what we, we really want to do with feedback is we want to help people understand what it is they need to do and then kind of focus on what actions they can take to get there. But that's up to them to decide what it is they want to do. We give them that freedom of choice to learn, grow, and develop once they start to have a better idea of how they can grow. Mm -hmm. It's really sort of sitting in the role of a coach. Like yeah. what if, what else, how might, those kinds of questions that just spark discussion, curiosity, even some going, I don't really know, but I'm going to think about it. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. You step yeah. away and think about it. Tell me what you came up with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when we know when we do that, we give people choice. And when people have choice, then they take greater responsibility for themselves because they make the choice, not, not somebody telling them what mm -hmm. it is they need to do. Mm -hmm. Command and control style in workplaces and leadership, we know doesn't work. Uh, certainly not anymore. Maybe didn't work right from the beginning. Who knows? Perhaps yeah. it's ha it had its place. It had maybe. its time. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And now in the type of environment with multiple generations coming into the environment, the necessity for a leader to have a deeper, 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 deeper toolkit of skills is just amplified. No longer can I say, look, I was the top performer before I came a manager. So just do it this way. Because that person you just hired that's 20, 25 is saying, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> and they're going to tell you yeah. straight to your face, which in essence is feedback <laughs> to you as a for leader. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. tell us a little bit more about um, bringing your business to this element of like one minute feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what, I, what I did based on my learning as a, as a trainer and, and delivering leadership and management training is I started to dig into the, to the data and I found a couple of pieces related to feedback that really struck me. Number one is 65% of employees want more feedback. So there's that demand of feedback. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, we have 60% of managers who don't know how to provide effective feedback. So we kind of have this big gap between demand and supply. And I thought, okay, let me look at this a little bit further. What is it that gets in the way of people providing feedback? Number one is in most cases, people themselves, even if I'm a manager, I don't really know how to provide feedback. I don't know what it is the topic that I should be providing feedback on because maybe I'm not even good at that area. And then the third part is that we actually get a, a, lose a lot of time in the discussion and the perspective of feedback because we have different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do is I developed a platform, a cloud-based platform where people can request and receive feedback or people can also provide feedback to one another to let them know what it is they need to do. Let me explain a little bit more. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to build a culture in your company or you want people to, to develop some type of mindset, like a selling mindset, but you've never had that before, in order to create that culture, people need to understand what it is they need to practically do when they come to work every day to live that culture. And often what companies do is they say, oh, we'd like our employees to collaborate more. Right. And I say to my clients, I say the, ask them a following question. I go, hey, look, if I were to go around the, the room or your office here and ask sample 100 people and ask them, what does the word collaboration mean? What is it you're supposed to do to collaborate? Would I get the same response? And often they'll say, no, never. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we characterize and, and work with our clients to say, hey, look, what are the five, six, maybe seven things maximum 
people should do in order to collaborate more effectively. And that helps people understand and know what it is they need to do. And then they start to get feedback to understand where they are in their journey to learn how to collaborate more effectively. Mm. And if people start to demonstrate behaviors that are consistent with collaboration, then collaboration is just going to go up in the company. Because learning has this sort of, you know, the best way to, the best ways to learn is when we're hands on, when we're face to face, when we're experiencing it, like on the job is the best way to learn. And if I'm on the job and I have someone beside me going, yes, keep doing that. Keep doing that. No, actually try this. What if you were to change that? Then I could probably shrink the length of time that it takes me to go from, I don't know how to do any of it to, I can pretty much do it hundred percent. Now I'm at 105% all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm a trainer, so I can say mm -hmm. this. A, a lot of companies rely on training to help their employees learn. And yet there's a lot of data out there that training is not delivering that return on investment because yeah. either we're, we're learning at the wrong time or we don't remember what it is we learn. And therefore, there's this investment in training without the payout. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to help your employees learn and grow, that's happening through two other areas. And one is on the job experience, as you talked about. And the second one is through social interaction. So when I provide feedback to somebody, I'm helping them learn. And if I can help them learn, then they're only going to get better or they're going to do what it is they have learned to do, but maybe you're not aware that they've learned it. They're right. just going to do it more. Yeah. I mean, you're also, I'm also a trainer. So you're also contributing to this dynamic within the workplace of caring about people and mm -hmm. if, if i know that i am cared for then i'm actually much more open to feedback because i feel safe within this environment because i know i'm cared for first yeah. and then people are looking at my performance and so that element of safety maybe perhaps would lead us in the direction of more people demanding feedback and demand may be a really strong word because it sounds like it's aggressive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know utopian workplaces every employee going tell me what you think how did i do mm -hmm. what did you see what would you recommend like that would be most ideal it's kind of like when we take a look at a professional sports team they all sign that contract knowing someone's going to be telling them how they're doing on the regular yeah. basis but when yeah. we send a job profile for some reason we assume no one's going to tell us how we're doing or assess how we're doing. And so we have the sort of wall up towards feedback, but the element of that might be more so because I don't know that you care about me yet. Well, it, it, you bring up two important points and I, I think it's really important to share this. Number one is when we, when we go into a client, we understand that maybe they're not there in terms of feedback culture. And so we need to help them create that, that safe space, and so we actually help them with messaging and we say, hey, look, I give feedback to help. When I give feedback, it shows I care about somebody else. And we put that messaging up around the, the actual office just to help people remember what's the purpose of feedback and to, to understand that they're helping people learn. And that's all. So that we're, we're changing the mindset. And the other thing is, is really when you get to a culture of feedback, great things happen. And there's one example of a company that we, that we work with from a point of view as we just learn from them. We just partner with them to learn about what is it like in a culture where feedback really thrives and that's Apple. And we asked different Apple associates, hey, tell me a little bit about the feedback you receive. And they all told us one thing. They said at Apple, it's an expectation that we give one another feedback 
so that we learn and grow together. It's an expectation. And if we're not doing it, then we're not living that expectation. And I thought, wow, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's what I want every company and organization to get to. I want to be in a place where maybe 10, 15 years from now, one minute feedback doesn't exist. And the reason why is because people just go, hey, look, we don't need this system and tool to provide feedback to encourage those conversations, to discuss action plans. We can do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately the place where I want to get to with, with our clients. Changing a culture mm-hmm. is difficult. Yes. However, I want to take us back to changing a mindset may mm-hmm. be more difficult. Sure. <laughs> so changing a mindset and messaging around feedback mm-hmm. is, well, in my mind, one of the things that is required is you have to overcome belief systems that people mm-hmm. have ingrained from perhaps when they were very young. Yeah. How are you finding the speed at which you can expedite uh, shifting a mindset? with relationship to something like feedback, feedback meant to harm, it's critical, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not helpful. Yeah. Uh, one, I think it really depends on the organization is what we're finding. So at One Minute Feedback, we have a three-phase launch process. The first phase is really just getting people registered on the system. So to overcome just registering is just like, some people go, and some clients that we have, they go, hmm, who's gonna have access to my data? How are they gonna use the data? Hmm is this actually just used to help me grow and develop? So we, we work to overcome that just to get people to register for the system. Mm. Then the second one is the kind of getting used to or the habit of requesting feedback. That's phase two. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we just help our organizations, different organizations in different ways. For example, one client, we just say, hey, look, the manager, when meeting, the weekly meeting with your employees, just remind your employees and set them up for requesting feedback once during the week. So ask them to think about an interaction that they're going to have where they could request feedback and prepare the request for feedback right away and put a note in the system that once you're done the meeting, you just press send. The third part then is the, is the best part because once we've collected the data, phase three is really how do we leverage the data? And that's where we go with our clients and we just say, hey, look, here's how managers can interact with their employees during check-ins to look at the feedback data to recognize the employee for what they've learned and also to help them understand, you know, what is it they can do to continue to grow and develop? What's one thing based on the feedback they've been receiving over the past two to three months. So we, it's a, it's a gradual step-by-step mindset change. Okay. You mentioned something earlier that I want to come back to. Yeah. Okay. The, there are messy components of giving feedback and it's mm-hmm. usually that first part where someone says, I want to tell you about what you did. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it's sort of that, <laughs> that opposition argument, right? Of like, I don't see it that way. I did. I mean, I, I, I was a manager for 16 years and I, I cannot tell you how many times I was like, how prepping myself, how do I go in, you know, in the early years when you just think, how do I go in to get this person who usually just comes with their like shield and sword whenever I say anything to them, how am I going to get them to like be open and put those things down? And man, that was hard work for me to cultivate Mm -hmm. that toolkit. But you're talking about, we can get, we can sort of negate those messy steps altogether. Yeah. In a sense, in a sense I am. And the reason why is look at it from your perspective. You're saying you're a manager. If you were going to provide feedback to somebody, the first thing you have to do is you go, okay, what's the area of feedback I want to provide? Then you have to think of, okay, how am I going to say it to the person or formulate it so that the person is open to the feedback, whether it's positive or constructive. 
The third then is I have to meet with them to deliver it. Mm -hmm. The fourth is then we discuss it, the feedback. So we make sure we have a common understanding of what the feedback is. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth step, which I found rarely, rarely happens is how do we action the feedback? So how does my employee action the feedback based on what I've given it to them? And with one minute feedback, what we've done is we've eliminated the first four steps and we just go to step number five, which is the most important, which is, hey, look, now that we've looked at your feedback, what is it that you would like to practice? What, was it, what is it you'd like to work on? When can you work on that? How can you remind yourself to work on it when you're in that situation? So all the discussion focuses on, focusing in on is the most important part, which is the action. The doing. The doing, because if I do, I am going to do something that I wasn't aware that I do really well, again, because I'm aware of it. The second mm -hmm. part is if I become more aware of something that I need to improve, now that I'm more aware of it, I can practice that and just get better at it because practice mm -hmm. leads to excellence. Mm -hmm. I, I would also like to add that this sure. formula and this approach removes one of the primary barriers to receiving feedback. It's the initial emotional reaction to self-protect. Yeah. And so if I get space and time to read feedback first, knowing there's going to be a doing meeting with, or doing discussion or dialogue with my manager, mm -hmm. I get time to process my emotional reaction first so I can come into it without being up here <laughs> and with my armor a little bit lighter, which makes that experience so much more effective and impactful for everyone involved, but of course for, sure. for, for the employee yeah. involved. Yeah. And the other thing that it does too is typically if I'm a manager and I want to just provide feedback to an employee about their collaboration skills, for example, I'm just one person. Mm -hmm. And yet what we want to do at One Minute Feedback is we want employees and managers to collect data from different people, feedback from different people. So the feedback's just not from one person, but it comes from different people over a period of time. And then we have more data points. So instead of maybe a 360 degree feedback that I get once a year, one minute feedback is something that I'm requesting maybe once a week over a period of time. And then I have different data points from different people that I can look at my progress and growth. And also where something that where I've maybe stagnated and need to really focus a little bit more to, to get better in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a brilliance around that because sometimes there's heavy weight given to particular people that give you feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, I must do what they say because yeah. they hold, you know, my life and death, my job in their hands. I don't think that peer really mm -hmm. has a lot of um, clout to their name because they don't do this kind of stuff. So if we have the anonymity of a variety of data points, then we also have the capacity for someone to almost have like their head on a swivel and go, oh, I didn't know that that's what it looked like from all these different perspectives without me having the judgment attached to who's giving it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because if we start to get different data points, then it's more difficult to argue with, hey, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I actually learned how to do that. Because all these people are telling me that I wasn't aware of it. Hey, great, wonderful. And mm -hmm. then we get all these other data points that say, hey, look, if you just paid a little bit more attention to this and did this during our meeting, it would make a big difference to us. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Now I can start doing that. 
Yeah, I've got, I've got, we do a 360 in emotional intelligence. And one of mm -hmm. the really interesting things is watching clients respond to the open-ended feedback, which is not labeled by person. The actually only one mm. person is like their manager is one person in one group. You okay. can't have multiples in that space. So they know what yeah. their manager is saying, but everyone else is sort of done like peer one, two, three, four. So mm. you, you don't know you don't who know. it is that you selected. Yeah. It's really quite interesting even to watch them kind of go, ooh, oh, that's great. Never knew it. Ooh, oh, ouch. Oh my God, I can't read any more of this. <laughs> and the quick, the quick decline into this, man, that really hurt. And watching people have that spiral sometimes of, I had no idea. So this, this notion of the consistency in pattern really helps to avoid that. It helps to avoid this sort of like once a year we give you feedback and it all just sort of mountains on you. We can't live under that kind of either praise driven feedback or demonstrative kind of feedback. We, we just can't process it. So this for consistency sure. habit, so much easier for us to just become adopted to it emotionally as well, yeah. as, log as well as logically. Yeah. And then we start, when we start to see it have that habit of requesting and receiving feedback, we go, hey, it's actually not that bad. Mm -hmm. Hence the mindset start, shift. Yeah, you got it. Then we just yeah. we get to a place where we go, hey, look, actually requesting feedback is helping me. And I don't look at it as a once a year performance appraisal or a once a year 360, which is really heavy because then I get to a point where I go, I didn't know that. And now I'm being told and it's the end of the year and I can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. What if somebody has started telling me in January, February, March, then I could have done something about it because I was aware, thanks to the help, support and encouragement for, from everybody around me. Yeah. All right. What are some of the awe-inspiring benefits that you are recognizing in your work by people adopting a mindset shift and a culture of feedback? Mm -hmm. I, I would say the, the biggest one that we get is people telling us, hey, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Mm. And, and we just go, wow, that's great. It's really great to hear. And even though it's going, oh, wow, you know, the fact that they're coming from a, I didn't think it would be as bad, it's, which is kind of a negative and saying it's not as bad. We go, hey, look, maybe people are going from a bad place to a safe space. Mm. And, and if we can help other people get to that safe space where they're requesting feedback just to learn and nothing else, then for us, we know we've made a difference for individuals, teams, clients, companies, whoever it may be. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. The second one is, is that we're, what we've noticed is that our clients find that they're spending less time providing feedback. And the reason why is it's not because of the one minute. It's because when I provide feedback to somebody, usually I, I invest a lot of time, especially if I want to help them improve, telling them it, what it is that they didn't do well or that they need to do more of. And so I talk about what happened. And so there's mm -hmm. a lot of time spent on the past. For us, what we want feedback to do, look like is, is moving forward. What it is we want people to do and helping them understand where they are on their path, their learning path to doing that. And that's, that's different because it's just about a, a question of focus. And mm -hmm. if we focus our time on the past, that's what people remember the most because that's where the majority of the discussion, the energy was focused in on. With one minute feedback, we're kind of shifting to the future focus and saying, hey, look, just help people understand what it is they need to do. And if they're doing it, let them know, make them aware. If they're not doing it, then let them know and make them aware so they can start to do it. 
maybe a linguistic shift of feedback to feed forward. Exactly. It mm -hmm. is. It is. And there's, there's the context where we're just helping people learn because that's the purpose of feedback, what it is they need to know and where they are on that journey to expert or to getting really, really good at it. And that's really important. Yeah. Daniel Pink in his book Drive talks about three primary pieces of motivation and one of them is yep. mastery. So purpose, autonomy, mastery, yeah. right? And so this uh -huh. equation you're talking about nails all three of those things. People want to reach their highest potential yeah, and a great sure. leader adopts the coaching practices that get people to heights they didn't even know they were aware they had the potential within them for. And oftentimes mm -hmm. when I think about that, I, it brings me to this like, but that's like utopia. And I'm like, no, as you said, there are places that are doing that right now and they do yeah. it with such ease. Mm -hmm. Well, the power of the culture is, is, based on, is based on one thing and that's the power of each and every individual. Yeah. And so if we can help each and every individual understand what it is they need to do when they come to work in order to live that culture and everybody takes personal responsibility for mm -hmm. doing that, then a culture that is utopia becomes that reality. I think there's also this necessity that, you know, in creating that culture, we have a heightened awareness around being mindful of comparison. So um, that you and I are two unique individuals and we have two unique potentials, even though we may yes. be in the same job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. To build on that, what we want to do is we don't want people to go, I'm better than you at this, because that's not feedback. Feedback's not about being great or is being better than somebody else. It's about learning. So we just help people understand through our, our scale, proprietary scale, where they are on the learning journey. And a learning journey is different than, hey, look, I'm better than you. Because we all learn. That's one thing. If, if you look at all of the research out there around learning, everybody has the capacity to learn. We just learn at a different pace, given what it is we're asked to learn. And if we all remember that, then we can help one another learn and get better. Because there's some things that Yuzi said, I'm, I'm just because we're in the same job, you know, you're a trainer, I'm a trainer. Hey, there's some things that you're really good at. Hey, could, can I learn from you? And there's some things that I'm good at. Could you learn from me? And then what we have is we have a little bit of a symbiosis going because you take what you're doing really well and what I'm doing really well, and we put it together and we help one another out. And that's how we become stronger as a team, as a company, because we support one another to learn, grow and develop together. I didn't do the tick count, but I'm pretty sure you said the word we a dozen times in the last minute. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what feedback is. It's about mm -hmm. we because I have a vested interest and you have a vested interest. I have a vested interest in your development. You have a vested interest in my development because if we can become better trainers to our clients, then our clients are going to go, hey, I'd like to work with you again. Mm -hmm. And that's good. And there everybody. isn't any competition there. There's just we take what we're both good at. And we bring it together and we put it together to make our, ourselves stronger and better trainers. And when we succeed, we all celebrate, even if it's one person that's getting a particular recognition or a project or a job or whatever. We just know I was part of that. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. I want to work there. <laughs>
I, I want to work, work at that place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I'm an entrepreneur. I can just create that in my own environment. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, and that's what we're trying to do at One Minute Feedback, even in our own, with, with, our, with our team. We're always trying to help each other grow, develop, and learn. And we're giving each other opportunities to do that through, through actual on-the-job experience. And then we give each other feedback in order to say, hey, look, here, Chris, here's something that I thought that, you know, I want you to keep doing because I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And Chris, here's something that kind of just, you know, if you could change that or do that a little bit more or maybe explain it a little bit easier, it would make a world of difference for me. The most critical feedback for learning is our blind spots. Yeah. Like, I agree with you that there is definite gold in knowing what I'm doing right so I can repeat that. There's not a whole lot of learning that happens from repeating good stuff. It just keeps me on that path. Mm -hmm. By having my blind spots going, are you aware that this is also happening? Oh, my God, I didn't even see that before. I thought I was knocking that out of the park. You're like, mm -mm, <laughs> not knocking it out of the yeah. park. That's where the most amount of learning and development can come from. For sure. It's true. Now, one, I have to tell you one other aha that it was really surprising for us is there are a lot of people who came back to us and said, you know what, Chris, because of one minute feedback, I wasn't aware beforehand and now I am that I'm really good at this. Mm. And I didn't, I, I, it was a blind spot for me and it's something I do well, but nobody ever told me that before. Mm -hmm. And now I'm starting to learn through the feedback that I'm getting from diverse people that I'm really good at letting other people finish what it is they're saying and not interrupting them. And they just weren't aware of that. And what a powerful thing to be able to do. So powerful. It stacks yeah. my confidence list. Or it stacks my strengths list. So now when there's a project that says we need someone who's capable of blank, I go, oh, that's me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm good at those kinds of things. <laughs> and yeah. now I can volunteer or look specifically for things that leverage my strengths at work. And those areas of weaknesses, I can have focused opportunities of closing those gaps so they don't derail my success. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You shared so many nuggets of wisdom for anyone listening, whether they're in a leadership role or a peer role or they're, you know, a husband or wife at home and they have a family, like anybody, anybody listening can take nuggets of gold here, whether it's about um, messaging and intention of what feedback really is, it's here to help whether it's my mm -hmm. own belief system related to feedback being something that means I have to armor up, let the armor down, allow people in to help about getting to the space of like, it's about the doing let's erase all the messy stuff and get ourselves to a, a spot where we could just talk about. So what's next. So in honor of our hashtag, not anymore. <laughs> For everyone who's like, I I'm ready. I want to do better. What would be the first thing you would recommend for people to start doing so they can be better at creating a culture of learning where feedback is like confetti? Mm -hmm. I, th I think it's one thing. And that is when you see people doing something that you go, wow, that's really great. Don't just let it go over your head. Just, just tell them in that moment, hey, look, I just wanted to let you know, I really appreciate when you take the time to listen to me without interrupting. Or, hey, look, I, t I really appreciate it when you just summarize information concisely. Or Teresa, one thing I just wanted to let you know is you, uh, your listening skills for me are off the chart. Your ability to summarize those three things that I talked about that for me are really important in one minute feedback really helps me understand that you really get what I'm trying to do at one minute feedback. So I wanted to thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> 
I heard this recently, and this is, I think, fitting. A compliment not said is like buying a gift you don't give. Mm -hmm. I totally it, agree with that. It, just it, made it, me it, all... <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, what a great place for people to start. I would also love that if they're going, that is a good place to start, Chris. I agree with you, that they also know how to reach out with you so they could take the next step to advancing within their organization, a better way of getting learning as a culture, feedback as a culture. So how can people get in touch with you and the brilliant work that you're doing? Sure, if anybody would like, even if you just have a question and you'd like to learn more about feedback, you're more than welcome to reach out to us at contact at the number one, minutefeedback.com. And you can also, you can find that on our website, which is www.1minutefeedback.com. And we'll make sure I have these in the notes for all of our listeners as well. So they can just like click the link and get right to you as fast as possible. Hey, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would really appreciate it. And, I, and we love hearing from people. And the greatest thing for us is just an opportunity to share. And we, we learn so much through the conversation. And people seem to learn from us as well. So there's a mutual sharing and learning, which is really important. And we really want to promote that with one minute feedback. Mm, beautiful. Do you have anything new that's coming up that you want to be able to tell everybody about? Yeah, actually we do. It's funny because with the current work situation and everybody working from home or remotely right now, we find that there are a lot of people who are struggling with what are some things I need to do in order to engage people? For example, when I'm presenting remotely or how can I create virtual meetings that are more engaging, interactive, involve people. Mm -hmm. And what we're working on right now, we're very close to finalizing, which will launch next week, which is the week of March 30th is we're going to be launching virtual feedback. So we're going to help people understand what are some things that they can do in order to get better at working virtually. And we're going to offer that to teams so that teams can give each other feedback about how they're doing either after meetings, presentations, or even check-ins. If I'm a manager working from home and I'm actually managing remotely, how can I have a lead a really good check-in? So that will all be online as of Monday, March the 30th. Amazing. Very timely, very relevant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's time for the big rapid fire Q&A. Uh-oh. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> You're not supposed to be prepared. It's, it's like 10 statements, two choices. Okay. Pick whichever one comes to mind. Yep. Interpret as suits you best. You don't get to ask any clarifying questions. No, you go ahead. Your, your gut instinct and reaction. Okay. okay. Spontaneity. I love it. Here we go. Uh, manager or leader? Leader. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, active or reactive? Active. Black and white or gray? Gray. Optimist or realist? Realist. Canada or England? Canada, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Heart or head? Heart. Empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Mm. Logical or emotional? Can I go between? <laughs> Logimotional? <laughs> Logimotion. Yes. Yes, you totally can. And then number 10, innovation or process? Innovation. Now let's go back to introvert and extrovert for just a minute because sure. I love to hear how people define that for themselves? Mm -hmm. Well, I often, when, when people, I, I do some work with MBTI and people 
I often ask the question, hey, look, do you think I'm an extrovert or an introvert after I've been doing some presenting and, and really giving some people insight into extroversion, and introversion? And most people say, oh, you're an extrovert. And I go, mm. actually, I'm not. I'm an, I'm an introvert. And they go, come on, there's no way you're so expressive. You know, you have facial expressions, you have intonation, you, you smile when you're talking to people. And I go, well, for me, that's, that's not really extroversion there's an element where, where is it that I get my energy from? Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of my energy from running in the morning on my own. I get a lot of energy from meditation and doing my Qigong movements. That's all on my own. Mm -hmm. After I finish and deliver a training or I deliver a virtual training, I spend some time on my own. And I do that just to get some more energy so that I'm, when I'm working with people or I'm presenting, I have that energy and it's always at a high level. So it's not... Mm -hmm. For me, introversion and extroversion is, is commonly misunderstood because people say, and they often use this, oh, introverts are shy. And I'm like, right. No, that's shy people are shy. Yeah, shy people are shy. <laughs> introversion means, hey, look, I'm listening to other people's perspectives. And when I've listened to other people's perspectives and I've had a chance to reflect internally, I'm going to share my perspective. Now, it's important that you give me the space to share that perspective because I'm not going to be the, one of the first people talking. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I don't have a perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's where introverts are often misunderstood. And, and sometimes people, you can see as well, people go, right, Chris, you're an extrovert. And I go, why? And it's often for the, the reasons around how I extrovertly, my facial expression, intonation, mm -hmm. uh, even how I talk loud sometimes or I talk fast. People go, oh, wow, you're really passionate and energetic. Well, I'm still an introvert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great distinction and definition. Thank you for having a bit of fun. Thank you for sharing the wisdom and insight around culture of learning and around feedback and around one minute feedback. I really appreciate your time, Chris. Hey, you know what? I also wanted to thank you, Teresa, because I, for me, it didn't feel like a podcast at all. I had a lot of fun. It was really interesting and I really enjoyed your questioning and I, and I, I hope I have a chance to participate again. It would be awesome to have a chat with you. That would be amazing. We love to hear all of your feedback here on TNT ESQ. So if you've enjoyed this show, you've learned something, you've been inspired, please share it with your friends. Please rate the show. Please write a review on whichever podcast uh, platform you enjoyed it on to help us spread the word, help more people think differently, and more people start doing differently. Thank you.